Welcome to Sex Communication, a project aimed at changing how people talk about sex. It features audio recordings of sex acts, extremely frank conversations, and many confessionals. Please note that our content is explicit and uncensored. And while these episodes may indeed arouse you, the intent is to inform and inspire. Join us now for a judgment and shame-free exploration of sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 79. Today is Halloween, and in keeping with the spooky nature of both this day and month, I thought I would close out October with an interview with two people who practice sex magic. Though, to be honest, there is no mention whatsoever of sex magic in said interview. There is some discussion of witchy things, weird things, etc., but no sex magic. But while sex magic is not a part of this interview, it is a part of the lives of the people that I'm speaking with. You may remember John and Lada either from their individual interview episodes, which aired probably months ago at this point, or most recently, um, October's audio porn episode, which was fittingly titled Sex Magic Audio Porn. Um, so in that case, you know, there was mention and you can't really tell from listening to it. Like if you didn't know anything about sex magic and you listened, you just think that you were listening to two people have some freaky deaky sex. Uh, it turns out at the end, there's like a strange sound. And according to Lada, that was the sound of them lighting a sigil, which I honestly don't know what that is, but apparently has something to do with sex magic and is flammable. I'm stretching a little bit. Yes. Uh, just doing my best to keep to a theme. Whatever point is, it's a good interview. Today's interview is one of those rare instances where I was able to speak with multiple members of a single relationship. It's kind of a special and unique thing and doesn't happen all that often. Um, I think it's happened two, maybe three times prior to this. And it's just, it's always a slightly longer episode because there are more people involved, but also, you know, it's something you don't hear a lot. I mean, a lot of people speak about relationships that they're in, and that's all well and good to hear somebody share honestly about that. But it's a totally different thing to hear the people in all of the people in the relationship discuss the relationship, you know, so you're not just getting that one sided perspective. And you're also hearing them kind of react to each other. And it's just a more intimate conversation, I think. Um, So another interesting detail about John and Lada, uh, they are in the early stages of of a relationship. And also that relationship is what I would describe as poly-ish. Basically, um, John is the more monogamous minded of the two. And Lada is a practicing and active polyamorous person. So she has multiple relationships outside of the relationship that she has with John. And John is totally fine with that. He just happens to not engage in that way. It's a conversation that covers the realities of having a new relationship and kind of talking about how how they've grown closer, any challenges that they've faced, of course, the, what their sex life is like, but then also how they navigate polyamory within their relationship. So there's a lot of talk of communication and compersion and how these two things together, you know, allow them to have what sounds like a very successful relationship. So let's just jump right in. Here we go. This is such a treat to get to talk to both of you at once. So I don't even know where to start with you guys. Why don't you just tell me to refresh people. I'm speaking with John from the Pussy Whispering and Sex Magic episode and Lada from A Lot of Curiosity, uh, who are now in, uh, have a relationship together, or at least are engaging together. However, how would you describe your situation? I don't want to, I don't want to presume and apply labels that a lot is pointing at me. Um, I would say relationship. Okay. Um, it's, you know, it's something that um, requires a, a lot more thought than, you know, just dating and banging. Uh, because we're both, uh, we're, well, we're both, we're both seriously dedicated to like open communication and all things. So, um, so it's, it's, you know, honesty, I think is, is the biggest thing. So, um, so that's a dedication that, that I, that I think is missing from anything. I think short of a relationship. Right. Oh my gosh. This is going to be interesting because he's flustered and he's flirting with me right now. 
<laughs> okay, okay, okay. Back up. To be fair, I'm flirting with her all the time. Right. This is true. Okay. But why are you flustered? You what? I said, why would you be flustered? Why are you flustered? I'm just always flustered. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And to yeah. get some... don't, don't think you're special. I'm flustered. Oh, all the time. God. <laughs> So if I remember correctly from a lot of from your episode, so you you're generally in relationships with many people or I don't know if generally is the right word, but, you know, that's kind of a it sounded like a common thing for you that you're not generally tied to one person. Your world is very open to whomever is is there with you. Is that still true? That is still true. So can I presume that while you two have a relationship with each other, one or both of you still have relationships with other people? Uh, yes, but. <laughs> and again, because of the way that I have relationships and I know that other people define relationships. Um, if you're asking me about the sexual relationships, sexual and romantic, then I have to qualify that and answer that that way. Because I still have multiple relationships, but they're not not all romantic and sexual. And then I have some relationships now that are kind of in flux. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there's like a transition period going on with me and a few relationships that I am involved in. So Um, what I have with John is becoming more and more significant. mm -hmm. Although it's very new. So how many sexual or romantic relationships would you say you're in right now? Sexual and romantic. Or, or an, an, or sexual or, or if they're both and it's. (laughs) Okay. I would say mm, maybe four. And and then I would have to kind of speak to myself in my mind about how did I just answer that question? (laughs) 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 When things are in flux, you don't know if they're still going to be going on. Right. Um, so, you know, if I, if I'm thinking of it in a, well, we just, we had sex recently. So, and I was feeling romantic, but I haven't talked to you in in two weeks. So I don't know, maybe something like that, you know, Yeah. you know how breakups happen. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, I'm going through something similar to that in um, one of my relationships. And then. Um, I have some really close loved ones that were exes and that we rekindled things and uh, life is happening um, and things are difficult. So when life is happening and things are difficult on a personal level, it's kind of hard to focus on romance and sex is easy, right? Yeah. But the romance and the the working on the, the relationship part is becomes difficult. And it seems for me, it seems very easy because I've been doing this my whole life, literally. Um, But it's very hard, excuse me, for other people, even some of the people that I'm having relationships with, because John does not describe himself as uh, non-monogamous as I do. Right. I would say closer to solo poly, maybe something like that, where I'm, I tend to focus on one person, but I don't mind if the person focuses on other people. Right. You know, um, so. Very monogamous minded. And well, I'm monogamous minded for myself, but for myself only, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. John, I just wanted to start by asking. So since you do identify as non, well, I mean, the more monogamous minded, as you said, and, um, you know, that you're open to your partner being poly and open, but you know, you yourself do not really act upon those, those things. So the reasons why that is the case for you, does that have to do with jealousy or does that have to do with, that's just your inclination, your preference to be focused on one person? Do you still deal with jealousy? And I know I just asked you three questions in one. But (laughs) Uh, I think everybody in some level deals with jealousy. The, the thing is, is, I see jealousy as a personal fault rather than a reasonable reaction to my to my environment. Um, I think that any time I feel jealous, I, it's a reflection on something that I need to work on, something that I think is missing in me, some kind of, I guess, a weakness. For like, for instance, so if I feel jealous of a lot of right, um, then what I realize is it's not. It's got nothing to do with her at all. 
It's got nothing to do with her lifestyle or anything like that. Um, Cause we've talked about this and I, I mean, I know this about her. Um, it has everything to do with some issue that I've had such as, you know, fear of abandonment or, you know, anything like that. And so the, the best solution to that is instead of letting it fester and just, you know, keep it to myself and just, you know, grumble about it all the time, then just, you know, specifically say, Hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling right now. This is part, this is part of the reason why the, the open honesty is really important because you don't, you, you want to speak it before it becomes larger than it should be. Right. You know, if, if, if you get it early, then, you know, it's a manageable issue. Then you can, you, you can talk it out. You can say, you know, uh, Lana, I'm, I'm afraid that you're going to leave me. I'm afraid that you're going to find somebody better than me or something like that. And then it's up to her to say what she feels, you know, rather than try to assage me or like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Instead just say, honestly, here's where we are. Right. So, um, and, and she's been great. She's been great about that. Just anytime I've said, look, I need reassurance or I just feel real, you know, nervous or anything like that, then, um, then she'll do that. She'll, she basically said, just tell me what you need. Given the fact that you're a person who's okay with your partner living that way and, you know, having their part of their relationship in that way, like why, what is your reason for not engaging in that? Well, right now, I think the reason is because I found something extremely special in, in Lada. And right now, I mean, I could potentially see myself seeing other people. I mean, I, I, I know some women who, you know, who are interested in me. Yes, let's like be that. clear. This man is dating, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know. He does. He won't call it dating, but he's, he's on dating there's, apps and he's, he's seeing some ladies. There has been no fluid exchange. <laughs> no fluid exchange. <laughs> um, he's got some friends um, and they seem to, he starts dating and they seem to morph into friendships. Um, he's not the typical guy that I've met on dating sites where they want to move to let's define what we are or let's have sex. He's not that guy. Um, so he lets the woman leave um, and she finds a comfortable space. And if she doesn't want to talk about her life or she doesn't want to talk about a relationship or what we could possibly be, as many people are doing on dating apps, um, he will go with the flow. Um, and if she never brings up a relationship, then they will just hang out and then they just end up being friends and that's it. Um, and I'm amazed at the way that he does this because he's not like a horny toad and, <laughs> and, you know, itching to jump and fuck every single thing that he sees. I am. <laughs> okay. He, he says in his mind that he's actually, this is definitely who he is. But you would never know it by, like, knowing him. He doesn't show it on the outside. Right. So he says he's always ready for sex, but he won't, you won't ever know it until he, until you make it clear to him that you're interested, if he's interested, in, excuse me, interested in you, then is that, like, then that's when it's, you, then, let, her, you let her leave. Then I'm always interested. I, yeah. I can totally relate to that. I think I would describe myself that way, John. I get that. <laughs> but, right. but to, to um, go but ahead. Yeah, I, I think that I think that just with with Lada, uh, I found somebody so striking and and special and sexual and lovable that I'm like, you know what? I, I think I just want to lock it down for a little bit <laughs> while I understand this and get used to this because this is a lot of uh, this is a lot <laughs> happening to me right now and a lot of changes and. Um, she's, uh, she's a whole bunch of women. So I'm like, I don't think I can juggle her and other people at the moment. I'm just not that strong. Right. Um, I can, I can, I can see myself cuddling with, with other women. There's, there's two other women I can think of right now who would be interested in, you know, sex or something like that. Um, if I, you're not even interested in cuddling. If I push that way. And that. I've asked, I've asked him <laughs> because I've been watching his dating activities from the sidelines and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why haven't you, why didn't you ask her all the questions on the, okay, take it easy. He's like, back down, calm down. You know, you haven't done it on the first day, which that's how I am. It's like, okay, listen, on the first date, I'm letting you know, I'm not looking for a husband. I'm not looking to have children. You know, we're dating. Let's get to know each other. So once we get that out of the way, you call tell a meeting. Me I call. I actually call a first date. What most people call a first date, a first meeting. <laughs> um, and I don't call it dating until maybe three dates in or three meetings in. 
And then I'm like, okay, I definitely want to know more about this person. Otherwise, and especially because of my work, it just becomes, you know, these persons fall in lust with what I do for a living. And then they try to superimpose themselves on my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, hold on, buddy. Like, I don't even know you that well. And now you're coming into this meeting saying, this is what you're not going to do. And this is what you are going to do. Um, it's, yeah. it's really weird. Cause for instance, recently I had a situation where, um, someone basically wanted to get married uh, and they were making that clear within three days Yeah, and saying it on the first date, you know, what do you think about marriage? And it was like, what? I, <laughs> I'm not thinking anything about marriage. Yeah. Um, the, the thing with the, the thing with, Poor Lotta. Poor Lotta. I've said this to you before. I've called it to you. Um, so many guys, all guys, except for me, um, project sexual fantasies on her. Um, most. Yeah, most guys will just see her and just go, yep, okay, uh, I've already got her in bed in my mind right now. And they, they, have, they have special fantasies of her being like a princess mm. or, you know, something like this. Actually, the, the way I thought of it was a kept woman. Mm. You know, some some woman in the cage who really doesn't have any agency and can't do anything for herself. All she's there is to be is to look pretty and to be there for the guy whenever he wants her. Um, Damsel in distress, mm-hmm. going on a pedestal. Um, you get all of those. Yeah. From from guys, from most guys. Um, especially like she she took a trip recently and the the, the shit that she went through. Oh God. <laughs> the shit she, what should have been an idyllic, beautiful experience uh, turned into this this. Let's let's call it in, in positive terms a a, a major leave life changing and uh, wisdom bearing experience. Yes, for sure. For yeah. Sure. Um, but I'm curious as to how this is um, mirroring your what's going on with you right mm-hmm. now because I want this to be a two way thing and I <laughs> I love that you're willing to share about your, yourself. Oh sure. So I attended an orgy last week. And I went to it and I did not, I went to it alone and I, I didn't have any expectations about the people that I would meet there or what would happen afterwards. Um, and I came away with two numbers, much to my surprise. Um, one of the guys um, was somebody who was moving out of the country and not somebody that I think I would be inclined to date or anything, but he was interesting to talk to. And then the other one was somebody who I noticed when we all still had our clothes on. And then uh, he approached me later in the night, kind of like more than halfway through to the point where I just assumed nothing was going to happen between us. And, you know, we fucked and this, that and the other thing. And then uh, before he left, he gave me his number and I was like, oh, well, obviously the feelings are are mutual. And I was I was really excited about that. Mm -hmm. So the reason why, um, you know, I kind of have. Like I'm especially interested in in both of your takes on your own situation is because I'm just trying to like play the tape forward of like how comfortable I would be with what um, because you know while these things seem uh, feasible the practice of them is still very new so mm-hmm. that's that's really my hesitancy and and especially John from your side you know. Um, I'm especially curious about like how you deal with Lada acting differently. And I'm just trying to put myself in both of your shoes um, and really thinking about uh, open relationships. Another thing that's come up is, you know, are you going into it with this kind of thought that because things are as flexible as they are, that that kind of puts um, not a time limit or an expiration date on it, but does the relationship seem less, long-term or less permanent because it, it remains so flexible? Or do you think that that actually enhances its longevity? Frankly, we were talking in terms of years together. Yeah. Um, we've already mentioned this. I mean, we're, we're almost three months old. <laughs> almost. Almost. But, um, you know, I mentioned high weirdness before. There's just so much kismet or whatever going on between us. Um, that it's, I mean, it's almost prophetic in some areas. Mm-hmm. So what we've ended up doing, I mean, we, we've, 
we tested each other in a way. Oh gosh, kicking the tires. We were kicking the tires is the way I put it. Was, um, but I mean, when, 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 what we first did was we were testing to see if the other person was real. You know, yeah, so we were like, he did not seem like he was real. It was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, he's too good to be true. He's a real gentleman, and he's not trying to have sex with me. And I'm laying here in a bathing suit after our, our first date was like ten hours. Yeah. Um, and he didn't fill me up in the second date <laughs> or the meeting. He spent the night and basically I slept for 16 hours. Yeah. Um, and he laid there and he was a perfect gentleman. He never broke me. Or, I scratch your head. Yeah. He, he kind of <laughs> comforted me and, you know, offered me water when I woke up and said, Hey, and then went right back to sleep. <laughs> um, so he was very different in that way. I felt safe. I never projected a sexual fantasy on you. No, and never. I never felt that he did. Uh, and I guess because of what I deal with with my work and just how I move through the world, recognizing that, yes, I give off this intense sexual energy without ever mm. trying to. Um, and even if I dress down and wear baggies and a baseball cap, it doesn't matter um, that people are feeling this energy from me. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how I found myself in the work that I was doing. I got tired of people asking me for things for nothing. And I was giving of myself in a way that wasn't sustainable. Like, you know, I would be whittled away to a, you know, a little pee if I would continue to have done what I was doing in the way that I was doing it. Mm. Um, because I'm a natural born teacher. I don't mind sharing information, but then it became a matter of people expecting your time and your energy. And I try not to have expectations of other people's time and energy, even if we're in a serious relationship. Right. So what you were saying, um, what am I calling you for this uh, recording? Oh, you, you can call me Brienne. Every, every okay, name so is what you were saying, Brienne, um, <laughs> I find very curious because I can answer most of what you said, even coming from my perspective, because I have had periods of time where I was monogamous. I've been married mm. twice. And during the first marriage, I was monogamous for that period of time. Um, my husband didn't want any parts of it. And in the second marriage, we were basically open, but we didn't do anything for many years. Um, we didn't we we knew that we could, but we didn't. Mm. And then when we finally did, it was the demise of the marriage. Yeah. So um, there are many ways to kind of approach what you're doing. And I think for you, long distance uh, adds adds a certain um passion to a new relationship we yeah we did long distance during your travels um yeah for five weeks um because we had just gotten to know each other and we were just getting really interested in each other and and just thinking oh this person's really really fascinating uh and then um and then a lot of left for a couple of weeks and so during that time all we had was words with each other uh the only thing we could do was talk no Skype or anything like that? You couldn't like do any sort of video chat or? We're, we tried. Uh, where she oh, went, the, the Wi-Fi was so horrifying <laughs> that we would, the call would tr constantly drop in the middle of us saying something. And we yes, have to constantly call each other back again. Yeah. But we ended up speaking for hours on the phone every day. And uh, Lada ended up speaking to me far longer than she ended up speaking to anybody else. Mm. Um because we just, we never ran out of anything to say. We always had something to bring up and, you know, or, or if she was going through a problem then I would, I would, I would commiserate and say, you know, oh man, you know, or I became what, what we called the man in the chair. Mitch. She calls me Mitch. Hi, Mitch. Uh, the man in the chair, <laughs> which is whenever she started having problems, I'd sit down on the computer and I'd start typing up stuff. I would find, I would find useful phrases in the language that she was, that she needed. It wasn't I would, so much that it was the, other I would find, I would find roads. I would find pathways. I would find anything she needed me to find. And at the end I was finding her hotels. Hmm. So, um, so just anytime there was any kind of crisis, I would just be like, I'd call myself the man. Okay. Don't worry. I'm the, the man in the chair is here. <laughs> He's such a fucking nerd. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. <laughs> um, so I would just, I would start calling up all this stuff. Start calling me Mitch. Cause I was the man in the chair for her. Yeah. Um, and I think that was significant because the other people in my life with the communication that being an issue and with John having the work that he has, he had the freedom to communicate with me and to be on the phone for hours. Yeah. And the knowledge. Um, 
Yeah, and the knowledge, whereas not that other people didn't want to, they just weren't able to, or they wouldn't have had the spoons to do what he was able to do because um, my other partners tend to worry about me. And furthermore, they did not want me traveling abroad alone in the way that I was doing it. Um, I'm a, I'm a couch surfer. So they were worried about me staying with strangers. They were worried about me meeting people and having weird, uh, you know, weird experiences because I'm a woman traveling alone abroad. Um, a lot of weird shit did happen. Yeah. Um, but I was always safe, but they always worried. That goes into the whole princess thing though, doesn't it? Where it's like they were worried because there, there, there was a, there was a, there was an unwritten phrase in there that was like, I'm worried because she can't take care of herself, <laughs> you know, or I'm worried because she needs me. She needs me to come in and take care of herself. She can't take care of herself. And I'm like, no, no, no. Lana can take care of herself. <laughs> There's no question. Yeah. She is tough as nails when she needs to be. Um, the only thing that she needed was information. Yeah. Right. That's what I was pleased to give. And with the internet <clears throat> connection, a lot of times my phone was not going to do it. So I had two phones while abroad. And oftentimes one wouldn't work. And I was making one phone um, a hot, one phone was made a hot hot spot for me. Um, So I went abroad and I went to visit one of my other partners and um, we were only together for about a week. Mm. And then I was on my own for four weeks. Uh, So, um, and he, he was dealing with his own personal issues. So he wasn't available um, in the way that if I did need someone in the moment, um, it, I was glad that John was there and able to do these things. So with the long distance thing, um, we recognize that the, the amount, like especially in polyamory, what, what's often said is <clears throat> one of the basic tenets of um, ethical monogamy is the communication. Right. So if you don't have good communication, you might as well hang it up and don't even get started. Yeah. Um, and if you notice somebody is not upfront and honest, then you need to hang it up. Because if you don't have the communication, you can't do anything else with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and being poly, it's really hard. But going into it, if you research ahead of time, um, you'll come up with a lot of tools and what to do and what to avoid. Uh, and I've noticed that long distance is hard. It, it, it was always hard for me, even when I did it for long term, because I've done that a few times. And that's how I know that I don't want to do it ever again um, long term. But it can like build a really strong relationship because all you do have is the communication. So in your situation and your 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 interest is moving away, um, you guys can can really connect deeply just with your communication. We did have some occasions where we were able to Skype, not Skype. Um, yeah, Skype. video chat. Yeah. Um, and that was nice. It was kind of hot. We we did a yeah. little, you know, we did a little play, a little sexy stuff, <laughs> you know, sexy stuff. But, um, it was very frustrating because, it was extremely frustrating. oh my gosh, my vibrator broke. Um, <laughs> to anyone listening, do not take a, uh, what is it called? It was a Hitachi. Do not take it and think that you can use it abroad because you cannot and you will fry it. I Yeah, I did that in Dubai, actually. I, I went there and there, um, <laughs> I was in the hotel and I was like, oh, Dubai's all, first of all, I had done the overnight flight. I was completely jet lagged. The first yeah. thing I wanted to do was beat off. So the first thing I do is take my Hitachi out, which I still have the, the corded one. And I'm looking at, I had adapters, but I'm looking at the outlets and I'm like, it looks like the standard outlet and something in my head after being sleep deprived was like, I wonder if it's a fancy enough business hotel that it's just, it's, it's structured so that it can take you. <laughs> no, when Lada got off the plane, I had bought her a new Hitachi. A cordless one, I hope. Did you get the cordless kind? Grateful. They don't seem to be as powerful as the Cordy ones. Oh, so. I, I didn't. I thought it was just as powerful. I was very happy with the cordless one. But everyone seems to be all about the uh, the cordless Ollie. It's like a light turquoise. It's a oh. little smaller width. Oh, we yeah. have to look at that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for the info. We'll <laughs> yeah. <have> that out. <laughs> 
Because that was one frustrated cookie for five weeks. Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah. She was climbing up the walls. I have learned my lesson with traveling that. Because there have been times when I haven't brought toys because I'm like, oh, I'll watch porn. And then I'll, like, wind up traveling someplace where there's restrictions on the internet and you can't watch porn. Yeah. Or, like, you go and it's not corded, but then it goes off in your your suitcase. So then you have it in your carry-on. And then you have a TSA agent, like, pawing your, your, your vibrator. Yeah. Yeah, all of those things I, have happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I think with a long distance relationship, um, I think uh, I would, of course, a new one, a new one, starting out, right? A new one. I would, of course, suggest total honesty, but that's not enough. Um, because um, you can be totally honest with someone and brutal at the same time. You can be cruel with honesty. No, no. Yeah, you know. Want to be bad. So I think that the important thing is total honesty with love. You know, I agree. yeah, where you, you, you were going to speak the truth and, and both Lada and I are truth speakers, you know, speak to speak the truth in love. And that's exactly. actually a phrase that I, I, I will use if a partner and I are having a difficult time, I'll, I'll remind them to speak to me with love. Don't raise your voice. Don't give me a pissy attitude because you won't <laughs> like it if I give it back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I deal with them in kindness, even when there is an upset. Right. Um, I'm not perfect, so I've had some yelling matches, but I tend to try to um, avoid going there. And the key for, for me was not just being totally honest and doing it with love, but also willing to work on your shit, um, you know, right away. Yeah. Uh, something that Lotta mentioned was how quickly I will, you know, I'll get over something or I will like figure out. Right. I will, I will <laughs> figure out. You know, if, if I have a problem with something, um, I don't like to go to a lot of with a problem without a solution or, in mind. Or willing to talk it through so we can right. figure it out together. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's honesty, but it's also with love and it's also with openness to, first of all, admit that you're wrong about this situation. Mm-hmm. And also say to yourself, you know what, uh, what, what, what wisdom am I, am I going to get out of this situation? Mm-hmm. How am I going to make myself better? a better person out of this nonsense that's going on. Yeah. And I think that doing that, going, going in with that attitude, um, just <clears throat> exploded our relationship. I think so. You know, in a, in, in a quick way that we would have gotten here if she were here present, but um, to be <laughs> put in a weird way, um, going out to dinner or having sex and everything like that would have delayed it a little bit. Just because there was there was just a lot of time when we wouldn't be talking because you know you don't talk with your mouth full. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you know, when, when all you got is words, when all you have to do is words, then you use the words that you have. You know, you like that, huh? Um, so um, all, all, you know, when you, all you have is words, all you use is words, and so all we had was words for a long time. So we had to talk this shit out uh, in depth so sometimes it was you know it was bloody in as much as just getting to the nub of stuff and just you know getting really deep into stuff at the same time recognizing that you know i'm doing this with a person who loves me so you know i can do this i'm safe i'm not going to do this somebody somebody's going to say you know what fuck you i'm out of here and speaking of that so i know some people might be thinking did they say almost three months and they're talking about being in love so I'm not one of those people who reserve my emotions of the in love, romantic, um, erotic feelings. Oh, bloody hell I am. <laughs> I'm not. So when I feel the feelings, I'm not afraid to say, oh, my gosh, this person is showing up. And especially when I kick the tires and they're real, um, time is not something that I am concerned with. Um, I may not say it to them, but if they say it first, I will acknowledge whether I'm feeling it, you know, Um, because no one wants to be on the other end of saying I love you Mm, and not having it said back. (laughs) That is like the kiss of death. So um, but I also don't reserve those. And I think we had this discussion, too, at one point Mm -hmm. in time. And I did ask him at some point in time, you know, and relationships, why do you reserve saying that I love you? Because you can meet someone today and be passionate about them as a person. The other side about that, I think people confuse the two things of being in love and having intense feelings with commitment. 
you know, so, but the, there are eight types of love. If you look that up, you'll know that um, a long-term relationship kind of goes through every, every version of every type of love and they ebb and flow in different, and, and they sit in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how people end up in sexless marriages, but they're happy, right. you know, um, with what they have. Um, so John's had situations where he's been in relationships where they weren't very loving. They didn't treat him very kindly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the things that um, one of my mission statements for my own life is to be com- to be a compassionate human being, to be kind and considerate. So if I'm always acting in that way, we joke about it like, okay, saying you're not Gandhi and you're not Mother Teresa. But (laughs) if you are, if you're focused on wanting to be like a really good person and treat people with kindness, all kinds of great shit happens to you, you know, and it doesn't cost me anything to be a good person to someone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I find that people fall for me very quickly. And if people are willing to be very open and honest about who they truly are, then it's very possible that I would fall for them because I get to see their true self. Um, And that's what everybody wants. Everyone wants to be understood for who they truly are. No one wants to be in a relationship feeling like they're wearing a mask. Like you want to come home, like being in a relationship is exactly that. It's like home. You want to come home and you want to take your, if you wear a wig, you want to take that shit off. (laughs) And you want to kick your heels off if you wear those. You want to undress. And you want to be naked in your home where you're most comfortable. You don't want to have to put on airs. You don't want to have to couch anything that you're going to say. You want to be able to be like completely honest and 100% real, as everyone likes to say. But not very many people are comfortable with going there. You have to be very brave to go there. Very. And um, I think this is where I think what this is one of the reasons why. Uh, a lot of I bonded as quick as we did because I mean we bonded crazy quick. Uh, it's because I don't have a fantasy on her. Um, so when so she's able to kick off her heels and she's able to burp and fart or whatever. <laughs> My and, favorite. And I've got I've got nothing assigned to that. I'm just like, oh well, that just means she's a real woman. That's all it means to me. There's no fantasy for her to pop or destroy. Um, so I fall in love with who she is, not with what my idea of her is. I think that's a test that I do. Yeah, it is a test that you do. It's <laughs> I absolutely use, like, a I'm test one of those do. people, like, I don't close the door when I use the bathroom. So it's like, yeah, let me see if he's grossed out by me peeing. Well, some people right. get off on that, but, you know, um, it's just one of those things. It's like, oh, what does he do if I eat like I'm really hungry oh, on the you, first meeting or if I do burp or fart? You seriously kick the tires on me. What did I do? What do you mean? Uh, well, you know, the burping, the farting, and you know. Well, shit! If I have to burp or fart, I, I mean, you don't do it. I'm just gonna say, excuse me. You know, I'm, I'm not excuse. You would, you, she, she would like, she would like, just drop little things about her life and everything like this to see okay, how's he gonna that? react. You know, how's he gonna react to this? You know, how's he? Gonna, you know, because uh, at first she said she was a life coach, right? Well, this is true. And this is true. She is a life coach, but then she she would start. And I'm an educator. Elaborating a little bit more. You and just to, to, see, what, just to <laughs> see what is he going to do. And each time I was like, all right. <laughs> you know? I know yeah, the stuff okay. that's hard for people to hear. And right. that's why I reserve that for the last thing that I'm going right. to tell them. Like when they say, what do you do? Is I do a lot of different things. But what I don't want you to know too soon, especially if it's on a dating site. Like I'm, if I'm on dating sites, I'm not looking to work. Right. Yeah. And then when I finally tell them what I do for a living, you know what a lot of them say to me is, are you looking for work? And I'm like, no, I'm looking. I'm trying to figure out if I want to date you, silly. And no, I'm not looking for work. I I have that hand over fist. I'm not looking. Yeah, she is busy. So Um, I I do wonder though, so the conversations that you said, especially the like really getting deep and having kind of challenging conversations while a lot of you were abroad. So are you, like, can you describe one of the more challenging things that you you discuss? Like, what what are some of the things that come up given the fact that that a lot of you were traveling after you had pretty recently gotten together? Like, what kind of things come up at that point in a relationship? Um. So, okay, one of the things is he has this. He's very wise, um, and I think we mirror that in each other. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why he he he's a teacher. He's an oracle. 
Um, sometimes he says shit that is so accurate that it's scary. And, you know, we've used this term witchy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're doing that witchy shit again. Um, and it's kind of creeping me out. But it's you were right. Like, he'll say something to me and then I'll have to come back and say, God damn it. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and it, it's like, how did you know? Um, so, like, first of all, I think it's the friendship. Like we we mm. were it, it wasn't even the, you know, falling for each other. It was the I felt like he was my best friend. Right away. Right away. Like it was very easy to kind of talk to him because he wasn't focused on sex. He wasn't making me a fantasy. It was like, I can talk to you about some shit. He would say and do some crazy things in front of me. And I look at him and I just say to his face, dude, you are so fucking weird. (laughs) But I like it. Uh, (laughs) Um, Because I know I have my own weirdness that I kind of keep under wraps because I know people project sexy fantasy on me but i'm a weird chick too so absolutely yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm a, a bit of a nerd and i have some you know some spiritual things that i'm into um and it comes off very witchy to a degree too so i don't talk about that very much to people like i'm the most i might say is like my my interest in um spirituality is that i meditate and that i'm into um you know, cleansing, healing, and balancing my chakras. And if you're into positive energy or um, manifestation or a law of attraction, you might hear some of these things. So I kind of gauge it with that, how much more I will tell them, just like I do the work. (laughs) You know, like, am I going to tell them what I really, really, everything that I do? Or am I going to just tell them some of the things that I do? Because what do you want to know? You want to know what I have degrees and certifications in? Because I have a lot of those. Yeah. But I, when I tell you about the sex stuff, it's like, oh, they stopped listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, he wasn't that way. So while abroad, we got to build on like all of who I was as a person. And I would run things by him because I was meeting a lot of other people. Um, things were happening. Uh, and he was always honest. He was never jealous. If I said to him, you know, I'm meeting with this guy and this is a situation and I'm thinking of spending the night with him. And he'd be like, okay. And and I'd be like, okay, he's not getting upset. And then I'll say, okay, there, here's a little bit more. Let me tell you what happened. Or, you know, and then he'd actually tell me what he thought and felt. Being able to have somebody that you can talk to about any and everything, every single part of yourself. Um, you know, every partner is not able to do that, that I have. Um, and that's another, re- another thing that you'll find people who are non- ethically non-monogamous or polyamorous because they're you know, they're different depending on how you define them. Um, they will say to you, uh, it's very difficult to find everything that you want and need in one person. Right. Um, oftentimes people will find themselves cheating because they're lacking those. Mm-hmm. One of those things are multiple things. Um, and cheating is not always about sex. Uh, so when you're mm-hmm. monogamous and then you have yourself in a relationship and not getting your needs met, you kind of end up start sneaking around. I don't ever want my partners to feel like they need to sneak around and do anything. Uh, And even with him saying that he's monogamous minded, there was a period in time where mm, we were having a conversation. This might, this is kind of probably along the lines of where you and, 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 you know, the idea of monogamy versus non-monogamy will sit. Like if you meet a partner that's not monogamous and you're monogamous minded, um, there was a period in time where I said to him, oh, my gosh, I can't wait till you find another person that you fall for. That's going to be so exciting. And he was like, he got an attitude with me. <laughs> he was upset. He was like, uh, that kind of ended the conversation. And he got a little moody. Like, <laughs> I was kind of like, like one word at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, I've got a lot to handle with you right now. And I don't know if I can. You're talking about taking the show on the road, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I this sounds like exhausting. Want to hear it. He didn't want to hear. That <laughs> sounds tiring. Um, and so, in my, I'm just so into you. That yeah. I was like, I don't want to really think about other people right now. I just really right. want to be into you for this moment. Right. So that shut that conversation down after about 20 minutes of talking. That changed the subject, went to something else. Maybe a week later, mm-hmm. I something else came up, and we were discussing compersion. And then he was able to make the connection to that first conversation when I was mm-hmm. saying, yeah. I can't wait until you find someone that you, because 
I it's very easy for me to, to I'm in that place already that I have compersion. And if a, a partner finds someone else that they're interested in, like I champion them falling in love and being great with another person because I want them to be their best self. See, and this is a fantastic example about communication, um, because when it because a lot of didn't know that I didn't know about conversion. I, I didn't know. No clue about that. I'd never heard the word before. But you knew so much about polyamory that I knew I so much about polyamory, right? And there you go. So what happened assumptions. Was, right. So what happened was when she was mentioning this, you know, when you meet another woman, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you trying to push me off onto somebody else that doesn't even exist? Yeah. You know, uh, it was a total misunderstanding. And so when she explained it to me, and what 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 I was realizing was like, oh no no, what she means is hmm. that if I if if I find somebody else who loves me like she loves me, you know, who, who has that kind of love to give and I can feel that warmth from somebody as well as Lada, it wasn't her pushing me off onto somebody else who doesn't exist or just saying, I can hardly wait till you find somebody else, you know, or anything like, like get that. Get away from me, you know, Get away from me, creep, or whatever, you know, you're <laughs> weird. Um, it was a matter of saying, I love you so much. And I care about you so much. And I just, my heart goes to you so much that I think you're so wonderful that I think somebody else should share in this experience that I'm feeling with you right now, that this is amazing and beautiful. And uh, if somebody else could be that with you as well, that would, I would feel so happy. I'm, I'm smiling now because I'm thinking <laughs> of Brian's like experience and how, like I want to, when we get off of this, like, and I want to talk to you about like, so what happened and how did that go down? And so, yeah. And, and what was the setup and what did it look like? And these, these numbers of these people that you got, <laughs> because I can totally understand where you're going from. Like you walk into this place and it's an orgy and you're just going to play. And I have never done that. So I'm very much demisexual, although I have all this sexual energy. If I don't get to know you, you're not getting in these pants. It was complicated. I, I do have to say it was very complicated. I, I spent the, the last How I Got Off episode was like 30 some minutes of me recounting it. And I still feel like I haven't really even scratched the surface of what it kind of brought up for me. I can go listen to that. Because yeah. I, I also, I, I, and I, John, I think I mentioned this to you when we spoke in your episode, like, um, doing group things is more appealing to me if it, if I was doing it with a partner and like I could yeah. be connected mm-hmm. to them amidst all mm-hmm. of this going on, but knowing that yeah. I was going into it alone and that that wasn't going to be a part of it. So it was, it was an experiment, but I did, it absolutely confirmed all of that. It was like having very mediocre sex, but on a much grander scale, just <laughs> lots and lots of it. And it was like, mediocre. Well, I mean, it was, nothing was amazing and there was no point where I was super turned on. It was like, okay, yeah, I'll fuck you and I'll fuck you and I'll suck this dick and hold on to that dick and blah, blah, you know, and it's all happening Um, and, you know, I'm doing it. And like, there's, there's reward from, from engaging in the activity that to that point had just been largely theoretical beyond, you know, three or four people doing it. Right. And that you're doing this thing that people think it's going to be kind of like what the threesome used to be, but now it's so widely done. (laughs) Well, I think at least in, in threesomes and foursomes, like there is, just more inherent intimacy from just the small nature of the group. But, you know, so there was that whole activity base. I was totally not expecting to meet this person. And it was just, Mm -hmm. it's so random too, that we had such little interaction on the grand scale of things, but yet I'm really intrigued by him. And he, especially given the timing of when we had tried to meet, it's apparent without us having to specify this, that we weren't just arranging a meeting to hook up. Yeah. to actually yeah. meet and talk. So that was the yeah. other thing is like, when I think about what might happen with this person, I'm happy to think about, you know, the possibility of us playing with each other amongst yeah. other people and playing separately. But where I start to feel a little um, unsure about how I would react is when I think about like, how I, is it even possible to have that kind of setup and then it not at some point transpire into a relationship like we you know john the way lot is describing it it sounds like there are at least the possibility of you know other partners out there that you might play with but that you're not having this kind of emotional intimate relationship with but like how does that line get drawn and is it feasible to think that that's 
a lasting approach. You know what I mean? Like at some point it's going to change possibly, you know, is it just a matter of like you reevaluating things as you go or I don't know. How how are you dealing with that? I'm I'm creating whatever. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, like, like like I mentioned, I, I, I was thinking in terms of years with Lada because I mean, I just, it's just one of those things that I know. And I, I myself am actually very, I guess, conservative about this type of stuff. I don't move fast. Um, I'm very cautious just because of past experience and everything like that. Uh, with with Lana, to me, I zoomed in. But uh, the reason why I zoomed in is because I detected, I'm good at reading people, as she'd mentioned, and I detected no lies in her. Um, nothing. So, but I feel, I feel, I firmly feel that that kind of connection is a decision for me that you decide, you know, to go deeper the person. Yeah. 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 I decide I'm going to fancy this person or I'm going to know more about this person, you know? So like, for instance, falling in love for me, falling in love for Lada, which has been a very deep love, uh, was also a decision that I made because I kicked the tires as well. (laughs) You know, and, and I was like, I detect no lies in her. And you know what? I, I'm going to risk this. I'm going to risk, I'm going to risk for once. I've always been very cautious. Hmm. I'm going to risk for once. And so I don't know. In, in our case, it was, there was a lot of kismet. There was a lot of weird stuff happening. There was also a lot of decisions. And also I think we were right for each other at the moment that we met each other. Would you say? Yeah, you, I had, I had in, a relationship that ended around that time for me. And he was, if, if you put everything on a spectrum and, you know, most people will compare, they might not compare the people to each other, but they'll compare the happenstances or the circumstances or the, you know, how the relationships play out with what's new coming in. Um, he was very much like the person that I had just ended a, ended a relationship with, um, but he was that person healthier. And he was that person single because this person was married Um, and he was that person in other ways. But he was all John. He wasn't that person. Um, And he was everything that I had written down on this list that was very specific. specific. Um, So if you think about creating magic or manifesting something, um, I started speaking outwardly and writing it down almost like an affirmation or saying, this is what I want out of my life. This is my intent. And I am not taking a no in this situation. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking fed up with the BS. (laughs) And I'm looking for some good shit. So come on, good shit. I'm ready for you. Um, And then he messaged me. Yeah, you said that you said, basically, I'm ready. I recognize my power and I'm ready on June 10th. Yes. Is what you said, and, and I messaged her the next day. And what, kind of feeling. what did Do you it. what did you yeah. message her? Because I, I know a lot of men are always they they could be very bad at this. So I'm sure a lot of people are wondering like how you managed oh, to, to get this I'll, off I'll, the, the ground. Um, I remember no, I remember what I wrote you. What did you write? In general, she uh, she wrote in her profile. One of the things she wrote was being open, and you know, basically asking, "Are you afraid of being open? Are you afraid of being open and honest with somebody?" And my response was yes. I wrote to her saying, <laughs> yes, I am afraid of this. You did. Yeah. Uh, and I said, that is how I know that it's worthwhile. Because if I wasn't afraid of it, then, you know, it, it wouldn't be worthwhile. But the fact that I fear it means that it's something that I should probably chase. Right. You know, um, and that was my response to her. So I think after that, she, tr- she was testing my truthfulness. Mm. Like, like she asked <laughs> me, do you ever lie? Mm. And my response was, yeah, sometimes when needed. And, you know, I talked about like the, the Mahabharata and the, the idea that you should tell the truth as often as you can. But everybody's going to lie at some point. And so if you're going to choose to lie, choose to lie for a good reason. So, um, oh, oh, this is what she this is what she, this is what I wrote. She just found it for me. <laughs> if you, if you want to hear it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I absolutely adore your profile. I'm with you on so much of what you posted, but this question was what I wanted to address the most. Of all the nice things you wrote, this is what I, this is what grabbed me. Sorry, I just wanted to rush through the, through the preface. So the answer, yes, I'm afraid to be vulnerable. And that is exactly why I make myself vulnerable. Because my fear tells me where I will one day be strong. It shows me where my work needs to be done. 
if I fear it, it must be worth doing. Hmm. That, that was my response to her. That was a good message. I knew. <laughs> I, I, I could tell from her profile, she's an honest person. Yeah. Uh, if I say, no, I'm not afraid to be vulnerable, she's going to know. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she's going to know from the first sentence, nope, he's lying. I was like, no, I better just adopt my general policy and just speak the truth. And I've done that ever since. So, and it's much appreciated. You guys sound adorable. We are coming up on the hour mark, so I, I did want to close and just ask you, because I, I would think that people who are not inclined to believe in the success or, uh, you know, worthwhileness of having a non-monogamous or a poly relationship, to hear you guys speak about how strongly you feel about each other, it sounds so fulfilling and so so much like you know how can you describe like why even with all of that would there be room or a need or desire to include anyone else outside of what you have together Mm -hmm. uh because i feel i feel and we if you're on if people are honest with themselves um love is infinite uh, people tend to focus more on who you're being romantic and sexual with, but you can have deep, loving relationships that that never include sex or romance. And that whole feeling like we were knowing each other before we ever met somewhere else in some other time or whatever you want to call or it. imagined each other. If I was not able to have sex with him, I would be fine. Mm. He would be fine. I should have said that to you. Yeah, like if you know, because again, it's the best friend feeling more so than the sex and the romance. So there are little things that he does for me, um, or that he has done that tells me that I'm not just—he's not just staring in my face and thinking about the next time he's gonna lay me down. He's really listening and hearing what it is that I'm saying I'm about, what it is that I'm saying that I like, what it is that I'm saying I'm interested in. And he he makes it his business to make that shit happen. For me, the attitude is that there's no way that I can be everything to anyone, nor should I ever accept that pressure, Hmm. you know, uh, where I just I cannot be everything that a lot of means. It's just impossible. And um, and if I tried to do that, I would drive myself crazy. Um, I can only be who I am. Uh, That's what I'm limited to. and, And that's also awesome. Um, I can be exactly who I am for her. I can be honest and I can be present and I can listen to her intently, but I'm sure that there's other things that I'm just not going to light up for her, Mm -hmm. you know, that she's going to find somebody else and just go, you know, okay, he does that or she does that. Um, but the thing is, even though I'm dating and I do what I do for a living, I'm not necessarily looking for the one or I'm not looking for others. I actually date to make friends. And um, sometimes clients come out of the meetings, you know, the meetings, when I tell people what I do, then they don't want to really hear anything else. They don't really want to date. They don't, they just want the, they want the fantasy. So that's what they get. Um, But in a situation with um, people who are trying to identify whether or not they could be non-monogamous or whether or not they could deal with jealousy, I think if they move past the, the point of saying, Oh no, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. I'm too jealous. And you sit with your thoughts about why you're jealous and what that really says about you and not the other person. Cause it's always about you. Yeah. It's always about something you need to work on yourself. It's always about something that you're insecure about. It's always about, it's never about the other person. Mm. And the fear is really about the abandonment or being left Preach. or someone else being better than you. Right. Um, And if you stop thinking about other people being better than you, because they're always going to be someone that's great at shit that you do well, and they're going to be better than you. So Mm -hmm. if you just walk in and you accept that, say, fuck, (laughs) I'm good, but I ain't that great. You know, there are other people out there that could light up some switches for this partner that I would not ever. And that's okay because if you recognize that people are fucking awesome and there are so many different people out there that you can learn from, why would you limit yourself to just one person and a loving romantic relationship? If that's what you choose, that's okay. 
But then you be honest with yourself and you think about how people relate to other people and they make friends and they're closer to their girlfriends than they are than they are to their husband or their wife. Um, and they're closer to their people, their, their co-workers at work than they are to their best friend. I mean, it's just all of it is about labels and how we're socially um, conditioned. Yeah. yeah, it's about conditioning, I feel. Because humans were not necessarily always monogamous. That's a patriarchal. You're going to get me on my soapbox. Okay. You said you're ready to hang up. It's fun. But I think it's also um, just natural spirit of competition. I mean, because I, I find the yeah. same arguments are often made, you know, that one would make for non-monogamy or a poly relationship as, as people do when in trying to encourage them to be supportive of people that are running in the same lane, right? That it's yeah. not a matter of it being a pie. And if somebody right. has X amount of the pie, that means there's less of the remainder of the pie for everyone else. That it's more yeah. like the kind of sea of light, which if you're lit up and you're experiencing success or love, you know, and somebody else does, it doesn't take away from yours. It just adds to the whole greater sum, you yeah. know, it's preach. Just, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, what, the way I was taught was love is a zero sum game. You have to compete for it. Right. You know, and there's only so much around to go around. And so you have to be the best if you're going to get love. And if you're not the best, then well, you don't deserve it. That kind of thing. And yeah. so, um, this is where the brutal openness begins. This is where it pays off because you, you start with the brutal openness with the expectation that the other person is being honest with me. And that means trust. Mm -hmm. And okay. the vulnerability. And the vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. Like saying to that person, these are all my fears. Like once you, once you figure out that you can trust them, these are my fears and this is where I'm going to be vulnerable. And I'm going to say some shit that I'm really scared of. Mm -hmm. And they might say to you, Oh girl, that's nothing. Let me tell you a thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then you'll be like, oh, my God, I was worried about that for no reason. Yeah. Because a lot of times we create some drama in our heads that would never exist. Yeah. And then at the same token, everybody this is just humans. This it's is, human nature. Everybody needs to be reassured mm -hmm. at some point. Everybody needs to feel loved. Everybody wants to feel loved. And so that's where the trust pays off is where if I'm feeling weird or if I'm feeling, you know, funky about something, I just say, um, I can just tell a lot of what I need. So I'll say, what I need is I need you to tell me that you love me. Given this great <laughs> emotional connection that you have in this, you know, spiritual thing, how is the sex? Amazing. It's really good. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, ew. oh my gosh. We're surprising each other a lot. Yeah. And then we're experimenting too. Um, yeah. as you do in a new relationship, it's like for me, if, you know, with sex being work, I'm always looking at what, what some new, funny, awesome, interesting thing to do. But there are a lot of things that I feel are pretty basic that he may not have done. Right. And so it's like, Oh my God, you haven't done that. Well, let's do it. <laughs> What's your list, honey? Not let's knock some shit off of it right tonight. And um, he's always amazed that it's even possible. It's like, oh, come on. I've never done that thing. And it's never going to happen. Right. And so like, don't be so quick to say it. I got, I got super nervous when we first started getting intimate because she had heard the, uh, the she had heard my interview. So she you know, knew about your, your oral skills. My oral skills. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. You, the thing you don't do is you do not tell a woman, I am super good at oral. Because it's like, it's like saying, I'm going to make you laugh. Because the first thing you're going to think is, oh, yeah? Uh -huh. Try. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to laugh. So I was like, oh, shit. She's heard me talk about oral. So, so I'm going to have oral with her for the first time. She's going to be like, you're not all that. Yeah. Because you ain't all that. <laughs> you know, it just. Just, just going, <laughs> just, just having like a, you're done yet? You know, tapping on the forehead, saying, "Okay, you're done." Get up, <clears throat> get up. But it worked out. It worked out. It worked out. You seem to enjoy yourself. It was over two hours. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was three. Okay. Oh yeah. Was three. <laughs> um, and we started experimenting with making recordings, and we started playing with characters and voices and role play. Yeah. Um. So we've been having fun. Yeah. And I'm good at voices. He's really good at voices um, to, go, to the extent that if I close my eyes, I think I'm with another person. Um, he, yeah, he's amazing at it. He could be an actor. And when I, when I realized that he had that talent, I was 
I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking have fun with this. <laughs> oh, she asked me if I wanted to work with you. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, you could, you could do, we could take this show on the road. You know? um, and so we kind of have been experimenting with the voices and role play. And yeah. we're getting into costumes soon. We're doing costumes. Interesting. Like I'm, I'm hiring a seamstress to actually make some elaborate costumes that are you know, I guess that goes into my nerdy side, but, um, historically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we're, we're taking it kind of seriously and I'm not just talking school girl, although we have done that. We have done that. Are we talking furry costumes? We're, I mean, we're talking, uh, we're, we're, I'm having a nun's habit. Made. That's an actual nun's habit. One um, of the things that I'm looking at is I, I know friends in, in just different, you know, creative, creative spheres we're looking at, at at creating a a period realistic tudor courtier corson <laughs> costume i mean from the you know 15th century as real as possible including the underwear so because we're both nerds we're both serious we're gonna get into this shit pretty hard you know it's like you know, I'm, I'm probably going to give you elocution lessons in Tudor period language. Yeah, you're language. really making people <laughs> wet right now. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone's getting moist. getting so hard listening yeah. to this. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> uh, clutch your pearls. That's right. <laughs> Stagger to the painting couch because here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Jesus, I just realized I locked a cat in my room. So what better way of closing out an episode airing on Halloween than with the howling of a black cat? Uh, She was not injured or hurt in any way. That's just how she sounds. I don't know how she managed to stay quiet through that whole interview and then come to life at the very end. So that was kind of a a fateful twist. Anyway, the episode notes for today are going to include links to the audio porn episode I mentioned, as well as the individual interviews conducted with both John and Lada. And other than that, I hope you're enjoying your holiday, and I'll speak to you on Monday. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Did you dig it? Tell a friend. Subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. Send an email. I really would love for you to do all of these things. And if you'd like to know more about this project, visit graphicpaint.com sexpodcast for additional episodes and background on how this all began. And if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, send an email to sex at graphicpaint.com. Every story and experience is valuable, so why not do an interview or submit your own filthy audio? Be a part of our revolution and help us spread the message of sexy self-acceptance.